I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The 11 to 1 Show. The hype is not dying down anytime soon. Now it's on the front of Vanity Fair. Barry Keoghan's bum still in the headlines. Foundations, build me up, Buttercup on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. And I knew he was a cheeky chappy, but you know what? He's taken to the extreme now at this stage. Barry Keoghan... I was scrolling, as I am wont to do in the evening times on Instagram, and I saw more than Barry Kogan than I anticipated. This is doing the rounds on the internet at the moment, and it seems that his appearance and that scene in Saltburn is still very much in focus. And what better way for Vanity Fair to, you know, celebrate its 30th edition for the Hollywood issue, so every year... They have a Hollywood issue and it is a hotly anticipated publication. It spotlights, you know, kind of influencing, promising performances, actors in the lead up to the big night, the big, big night of the Academy Awards. And it's a very coveted gig in Hollywood, Grace, in the cover, this particular cover of Vanity Fair. So, you know, it's normally quite glossy, normally glamorous, stunning portraits. And of course, it is all of that. But... Who's in their marketing department? Genius, absolute genius, because what is on everybody's uh, mind at the moment in the movie world? Everyone's talking about it. It is, of course, Barry Keoghan and his famous bottom. Yeah, so in one promotional video for the, ca- for the cover, you should check this out. The camera pans across each of the cover stars as they chat and mingle. So you have Natalie Portman having the chats with Bradley Cooper. You have, uh, who else is in there? Pascal, he's in there as well. Uh, he's in there chatting as well. And Lily Gladstone's in there. Jenna Ortega. Uh, who, loads loads of stars. Jodie Comer's in there as well. And then at the very end is our Barry. Completely in the nip. And just giving a little cheeky wink at the end. And uh, yeah. <laughs> I was taken aback. I was taken aback. But, you know, this is the power of the movies, isn't it? This is what people are, are talking about now between Barbie and Barry Keoghan's bum. It's been eventful for the movie industry this year, but if you haven't if you haven't checked it out, it's very clever. Very, very clever. And that Vanity Fair edition, hotly anticipated it will be, of course, arriving in stores. And he talks, of course, all Saltburn, uh, Saltburn inside in the, in the article, and he talks about, you know, going there. Because I imagine as an actor, 
you know, doing something like that in a scene that he did in Saltburn that everyone's talking about, you would have to just be very, very confident, comfortable in your own skin and be willing to be that vulnerable. So fair play to him. Barry Kogan, absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, they say a photograph says a hundred a thousand words. Isn't that the same? Absolutely. I think, yeah, it said it all anyway. It said it all on Instagram last night. Getting back to the music now, here's Ed Sheeran. I will remember how you kissed me Under the lamppost back on 6th Street Hearing you whisper through the phone for me to come home. Ed Sheeran with photograph and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, people living with psoriasis, you're going to be very interested in this. It is a new study and they are looking for people who uh, have psoriasis to get involved with this. It's the University College Dublin or UCD. I'm going to have all the information that you need on that. Plus, we've got music from The Fray on the way. The 11 to 1 show. People living with psoriasis, this one is for you. So there's a team of researchers at UCD in Dublin and they are urging you uh, to come up and sign uh, sign up for this new study. So what they're doing is they're examining their risk of developing psoriasis-related arthritis or psoriatic arthritis as it's known. So psoriasis is a skin condition that is affecting 73,000 people across Ireland. So the flaky, scaly, itchy, pink-red patches, this kind of thing. So for a third of patients, though, psoriasis can then uh, predispose them to developing this arthritis. So it's an inflammatory disease affecting the joints, the hands, feet, and it can also cause pain, swelling, stiffness, joint damage, all of that. So the guys in UCD, they are partnering up with the University of Oxford and they are looking to recruit 2000 people from across Ireland. And uh, this is going to be part of a, 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 like a European study, really. And uh, what they're looking to do is uh, they're looking to discover whether um, psoriasis patients may develop this uh, arthritis in order to prevent it then before it occurs. And they're also going to inform wider research efforts to diagnose the condition earlier and also predict the disease progression. So develop, you know, new testing, all that kind of thing. So they're looking for people aged over 18 years who've been diagnosed with psoriasis, uh, except those already diagnosed with uh, psoriatic arthritis. So if you already are diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis, it's it's not for you. It's someone that's just diagnosed with psoriasis. So you can take part in um, the study. So they're going to be, you can be asked questions, you know, about, uh, you know, other medical conditions as well, your symptoms, you know, what your lifestyle is like, all of that kind of thing. And it's all happening completely online. So they're encouraging people over 18 uh, years of age living with psoriasis uh, and if you've not been diagnosed with psoriatic um, arthritis to, to get involved in this. So the study, OK, if you want to find out more information, it's hpos.study. OK, so hpos.study. If you Google that, it'll bring you directly to it. Um, but it's uh, UCD. I've no doubt it'll be on the UCD website as well. And the only stipulation, yeah, over 18 and you have to be just diagnosed with psoriasis. So all the information is there. Now getting back to the music, here's the fray. There's the fray, how to save a life. It won't save your life, but it'll certainly make you very, very happy. 7,000 euro, yep. That is what next week's jackpot is. 
for LMFM's Radio Bingo. Have you got your book yet? Well, you can get them from outlets throughout the Northeast. And I want to say congratulations to recent winners, Paul and Dino Maguire from Drogheda, who won €800. Euro. Also want to say well done to Deirdre Clerkin, Mary Ward, Roseanne Shanky and Anne Walsh, who all scooped €150 Euro each. So €7,000, that is next Tuesday's jackpot. It could be yours. And don't forget, when you play LMFM Radio Bingo, you are supporting the Gary Kelly Cancer Support Centre doing vital work here in the North East. So pick up your book today. Lewis Capaldi with Forget Me. Now, this has been described as Motherland meets Black Books meets Fleabag. What a description for this show. It's called Prickly. It stars the fantastic Quiva O'Malley. She's uh, written this and she's also starring in it. It's coming to Drahid Arts Centre tomorrow and Saturday. We're going to catch a word with Quiva next. The 11 to 1 show. She starred in everything from gripping TV drama to epic Hollywood blockbusters and now she is back on stage in a highly original new show. It's called Prickly and it's coming to Drihid Arts Centre this weekend. Now it's described as Motherland meets Black Books meets Fleabag and the show centres on a debt collector struggling, struggling to control the challenging thoughts in her heads and when she finds an unexpected companion during a routine debt collection she's forced to tap into her softer side. I'm delighted to have fantastic writer and actor Quiva O'Malley. She's on the line with me now. You're very welcome, Quiva. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks so much for having me on. Great to have you. I mean, what an excellent tagline. You had me at this excellent tagline, I should say. You know, Motherland meets Black Books meets Fleabag. I mean, some seriously good comedy series in there. Tell us, though, where did the inspiration or the idea for Prickly come from? Well, it it came from a kind of amalgamation of a few things. I I did a Shakespearean character in drama school that I absolutely loved and she was really energetic and and full of fun and and a little bit wild. And I thought, how fun would it be to make a character that's a bit more modern day, um, you know, a version of that. And then I kept seeing cactus plants everywhere when I went to shops. They're really popular right now. And, um, you know, people have a lot of them in their houses. And I thought, how beautiful they are. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be so cool to have a whole stage and a set made up of cactus plants? So um, the idea kind of started with when I was really young, I had a lot of like anxious thoughts and Mm -hmm. I was a bit of a worrier. And my mum came up with the idea of a worry bag, this kind of imaginary bag where I put my worries. Oh, um, yeah, there's there's worry monsters now. Yeah, because my son has a worry monster and this is brilliant. So what you do is you can talk all your worries into his little mouth and you can close it up or you can write it all down and it goes into his little mouth and then the worries disappear overnight. It's fantastic. They are so sweet. That's such a lovely idea. I'd never heard of that, but it, it's exactly that premise. It's, I guess it's a coping mechanism for especially kids who might not be able to kind of cope as much with their worries. So I was exactly the same and it was really effective when I was young. So the idea then is this cactus plants uh, are worry plants for the main character, Shauna. So, um, you know, she is a highly strong, she's an adult, but she's a highly strong adult and, you know, has to cope with her anxieties. Um, and so she talks to her, her cactus plants, which actually people started buying cactus plants during the show and rehearsals <laughs> and now are, are maybe talking to their plants a little bit more than they do. 
did before, which I love. <laughs> um, so it's it's the idea she's telling this story to the cactus plants, and the whole set is is really beautifully done. And there's cactus plants everywhere, um, and so we've had a lot of fun with the kind of staging of it. So that's the kind of premise of the story. That's where it started. Um, and I, I yeah, I got the kind of idea for being a deck collector more yeah. from the kind of adaptation of the Shakespearean uh, play. And I just kind of thought, ooh, this is kind of an interesting character to have, especially in this kind of cost of living crisis that we have. Oh, yeah. Very much affecting a lot of people. And I thought, how cool would it be to kind of put the central character as this, I guess it's not a villain character, but it, she, she, she's a, she definitely does a controversial job. And it's a kind of a story, a little bit of like self-awareness and redemption and learning and growing. Yes, because as you say, she is this very complicated character. She is doing this not nice job and she has to have this demeanour, this prickly demeanour, I suppose, when she's dealing with people that she's looking for money from. But it is this idea of what's going on maybe with her and also she needs to maybe explore what's going on with the people that she's dealing with day to day. So it's a very interesting idea. And, you know, I think it's so important that the arts explore mental health issues. I I mean, it, it just it's a way for us to kind of talk about it more, I think, in a way that's, you know, a bit more easygoing. It kind of breaks down that stigma. 100%. And I mean, it's so interesting because as as a writer, you know, I, I think most writers would do this. You're kind of drawn very much to your own experience or mm. what you have gone through or what you want to talk about, what you're interested in. And the, I think the great thing about the arts and theatre in general is that, you know, you, you can go to a show and connect with what's being discussed even if it's nothing to do with your life and and what I've loved so much about this show is because you know the lead character we go inside her head so we see her her worries we see her fantasies we see her happy place we see her memories and everyone is laughing so much and I love that because it actually shows that the worries we have inside our head when we take them outside of our head and actually put them theatrically on stage they're very funny yeah. I mean they don't <laughs> seem funny when we're living them in our own mind but you know yourself if you've ever had kind of an intrusive thought or a bit of a mad worry yeah. you say it out loud to somebody they kind of can sound very funny sometimes because your head has this ability to run away with itself so I'm loving seeing everybody kind of connect in a way because um, you realise that actually the thoughts that we have in our head are very similar to the next person and and that's comforting. Oh, it really is. And it is, I'd imagine, cathartic to to write about these worries and anxieties that you have in this way and to see them, as you say, played out this way. Now, I think that there's something in here that so many women can relate to and it's this idea of your friend becoming a mother. Like, there is so (laughs) much emotion that will go on with this and there's so much paranoia and and there's so much like preempting of things in terms of, you know, well, she's not going to have time for me and what's our relationship going to be like and I won't be able to relate to her anymore. There's a lot there. I think that's very clever that you've included this in, in this show as well. Yeah, it's interesting. There's a lot of motherhood themes in the play. It's, you know, it's obviously about anxiety. The, the setting is that she's a deck collector, but the story, the heart of it really is that connection with motherhood. And, you know, she lost her mother at a very young age, Shauna, uh, the main character, and, and her friend has just had a baby. And it spiraled these kind of thoughts in her head, um, which are funny. Um, you know, I think a lot of people will find them funny. And, um, yeah, so it's about her kind of managing the thoughts in her head, um, you know, in an environment that has kind of changed changed for her um but yeah i think we can all kind of we've all had those moments where you know 
maybe your life has been normal for a certain period and then something happens and dynamics shift and yes. it makes you kind of reassess maybe where you're at or where, you know, your past relationships. And then I like the idea as well that, you know, you know, we hopefully can see, you know, how much of a mother she is to her plants. And I love that as well. I love the idea that you don't have to be a mother to a child to be a mother, you know. Yeah, it's and that nurturing kind of aspect of it yeah. completely. And yeah. you, you don't have to be a mother just to, be, you know, don't have to be a woman just to be a mother. That, yes. That's it. You know, she is a mother to these plants and we kind of see that and um, we can enjoy that. So it's, it's, about, it's about caregiving, really. It's about caring for yourself and your mind but also how we can care for other people as well. Yeah, and I, and I think there's a lot that's going on there in, in the world of self-care that people need to take on board, absolutely. So, you know, you've been writing though for the screen for a while, but this is your debut for the stage, your baby. So was it kind of yeah. more challenging writing for the stage than the screen or what was the differences or challenges that you came up against there? Yeah, I mean, it's it, they're both so much fun. And actually, the funny thing is, I started this before the pandemic. And because there was really no theatre happening in the pandemic, yeah. I had lots of time to develop this. So I kind of started writing this first. Um, and then the screen stuff has been such a joy to come to because I've you know been really lucky as an actor to work on both stage and screen. And so it kind of, once you learn the dynamics of what the difference are in the form and the structure, it kind of just becomes about what story you're telling and, and what form would fit that the best. I think with the play uh, Prickly, you know, we, we I love theatre personally. That's so theatrical. I love like End of Walsh theatre. Yeah. I love going into a space and being blown away and being really transported to kind of almost another heightened reality. Um, and so I feel like Prickly as a play could really only exist on stage. And so, uh, you know, I, I knew very clearly that that's where that was going to be and I could have all the fun I wanted with it. Um, and then, you know, for screen, it's, 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 yeah, it's just really joyful to write for screen. It's a really different form, but you just have to decide what story you want to tell and then what form would take the best. Uh, structure first. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. It, there is that zany element to this and I've seen some of the stills from the production and it definitely, you know, yeah. you're you're letting loose, which I love. I absolutely love. Uh, now, you've performed such a variety of roles in your career to date, but I have to mention Burn It All by Jack Hickey, which I saw oh, yeah. on the festival circuit last year. I mean, in this, right, so you're, you're not a very good friend in, in this role, <laughs> but oh my goodness, there's one scene in particular and I was talking to Jack actually about this particular scene you're probably going to know the one that I'm talking about where you give the finger to each other (laughs) and I just thought I have to bring this up on the show it's such a fun fun film and I I always feel it's important as well to give short films a bit of attention and a bit of a platform because they rarely get seen outside the festival circuit yeah, they're, you know, it's such a joy to work with Jack. That was the second short film that I've done of his, and he's an incredible filmmaker. Um, and his sister, Lara, uh, produces a lot of his work, and she's an incredible yeah. producer. So it's a brilliant team to work with. And so when Jack asked me to do something, I almost, I, I'm never even, I don't even want to read the script because I know <laughs> it's going to be good. And that scene um, with Tony, who's the other actor in, yeah. in the in the film, was it was such a funny day to do because we were basically showing each other the finger across the street from each other for like a, a few hours because you know in screen world you have to film for longer than it ends down to but when I saw it I was yeah I was so proud of the film and yeah you're so right like it I know that Aer Lingus sometimes and there is you know maybe um, you can watch them sometimes on planes and 
and then oh, you know they good, sometimes yeah. get um they get an airing on the TV and it is lovely to see it because so much work goes into short films. Mm. I know they can only be sometimes ten minutes long, but there's still such a huge amount of teamwork that goes into them. So um yeah, I'm always so happy to work with Jack and yeah, delighted you got to see that. Yeah, I got to see it a film. couple of times. It was just brilliant. Now from the short films, I have to ask you about the last jewel because we have obviously the local connection here being uh, shot around the Mead area. Big Hollywood blockbuster. I mean, you're playing the role of Elizabeth. You have Matt Damon and Ben Affleck directing. Like that would be enough to make my anxiety go into overdrive, Quiva. Oh, it was an amazing experience because, yeah, like, you know, I was due to, I was actually living in London at the time. I was due to come back and shoot it. And um, the pandemic happened and I thought, oh God, I mean, of course, I would be cast in a Ridley Scott film acting opposite <laughs> Adam Driver and then the film would shut down. But thankfully, um, and as you've probably experienced, it was such a big budget that they had the means to kind of yeah. get the, the set back up and running, which was really great. And it was an amazing experience. I mean, you know, you kind of grow up watching these kinds of films and seeing these actors. And um, there's always a bit of trepidation, I think, when you're working with the really, really big like Hollywood stars but um, I had a few days with Adam Driver and it was just me and him really in this scene and I cannot say how nice he was he was just such a gentleman and such a professional so I had a, such a great experience um, and yeah yeah it's amazing seeing those big budget um, films because and there's just so many extras. There's yeah. so much. Um, there's so much budget that goes into them that they're really on another scale. So being even a tiny, small part of something like that is such a great experience. It's what's always fun to do. Yeah, and that that sort of epic period sort of drama is always fun. I'd say as well to 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 get to perform. I'd I'd imagine even like the costuming and everything was probably. I'd say that gown was probably heavy to wear. Was it? Oh. It was so heavy. It was so beautiful, but it was a really heavy, like thick velvet paper. So my shoulders were killing me by the end of the day. So yeah, these things always look way more beautiful (laughs) than they are in reality. And corseted dresses are always not so fun after lunchtime. Um, but it's all worth it because the look of it is so amazing at the end of the day. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Completely really fun experience. Really fun experiences, right. So this show coming to Drinhead Arts Centre tomorrow night, 23rd and 24th. So what do you hope that the audiences take away from it then? Oh, you know what? I hope people get a really good laugh. We've had such great audiences so far. We had a week in, in the Mill Theatre in Dundrum. I just came from Backstage Theatre in Longford and now we're finishing off this kind of first section with uh, Drinhead Arts Centre and yeah, I think the audiences have just been laughing a lot. And it's kind of, somebody said something so sweet. They said, it's the laugh everybody needs for this January, oh, February period. Brilliant. And I thought, oh, wow, isn't that lovely? Because we're all kind of coming out of winter. You know, maybe it's a little lift that everyone needs. And it's been, you know, I, I guess when you write a comedy, you're always hoping that people laugh. You never really know how it's <laughs> going to go until you're up and running. And it's been just such a joy to kind of hear the laughter and and to see people enjoying the um, kind of the madness of it all and the, the extroversion of it all. So, um, yeah, hopefully we get lots of laughter over the weekend. Um, so, yeah, we're Friday and Saturday in Dridge. I think they definitely will be laughing at this. Quiva, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show. Best of luck with the production when it hits the stage in Drogheda. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me on. Thanks a million. Drihid.com, that's where you're going to find all the details of it. It's called Prickly. If you want something this weekend, it's guaranteed a laugh. This is the show for you. The 11 to 1 show. Now it's time to go back in time and it's 1997 and the first cloned mammal. LMFM Northeast Update. 
with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 777 On this day in 1997, Dolly the Sheep, the world's first cloned mammal from an adult cell, was announced at the Rosslyn Institute in Scotland. And today is National Margarita Day, celebrating this marvelously delicious drink, a rainbow of colours and flavours that comes all part and parcel in a little salt and a wedge of lime as well. So Margarita Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Fan the man, bright side of the road. Still to come, actor, writer, director Simon Nader on how to bond with your dad when he's bad. He's bringing his hilarious show to Dundalk in March. We're going to be chatting to him. That's all coming up after 12. The 11 to 1 show. If you're heading off to see Niall Horan tomorrow, I have all the details of those gigs that's coming your way after Pink. The best music mix around. There's Pink Walk Me Home on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, if you are going along to see Niall Horan tomorrow in the Tree Arena, it is his biggest tour yet. And it's his first headline run since 2018. I didn't realise actually it's that long. So he's going to be taken to the stage for three sold out nights at the Dublin venue Friday, tomorrow, Saturday and of course Sunday as well. So there's some important information that you need to um, keep a note of. So uh, apparently the support act, Amy Michelle, she's going to be on stage from 705 Doors will open at 6.30 and then uh, there's also another support act on at 7.30pm. Then our main guy will take to the stage at 8.30pm. So uh, they are telling people that the venue is fully cashless. It's a cashless venue. Okay, people, you have been warned. No cash happening. Uh, And those wishing to bring a bag, you need to be aware that the maximum bag size limit is 40 centimetres by 40 centimetres by 20 centimetres. So, of course, you're going to get the measuring tape out now. (laughs) Be measuring your bag. But maybe just don't have a big, huge bag, is all I'd be saying. All the details of that, by the way, you can find it on lmfm.ie. Now, time for more celeb news. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Viral TikTok star Sabrina Breer made her guest appearance on Abbott Elementary. Here she is meeting with Quinta Brunson's character. <laughs> you actually do need to capitalize the names of states because that's the correct thing to do for proper nouns, right? You don't want to build bad habits. Hi, I'm Janine. Jessica. Oh, it's nice to meet you, Jessica. Jessica. There's no I. Jessica. Who are you again? Oh, sorry. I'm Miss Teagues. This is my classroom. <laughs> oh, you're back. <laughs> Friends. <laughs> Looks like I'm at the end of my time here. Oh, no, 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 no. I was just popping in to say hi to them. That's it. Everyone say hi to Janine. Hi, Janine. Oh, uh, 
Bradley Cooper told SAG-AFTRA he tried developing a star is born with Beyonce as the lead for about a year. He said, I went to Beyonce's house and Jay-Z was watching Judge Judy. It was crazy. She was incredible and so was he and we developed it for like a year together. She's one of the greatest people of all time. Megan Trainer has revealed a snippet of her upcoming single. It's available to pre-save now. She got that booty, that type of boom boom, that bass that I like. I said, who me? I keep it juicy. You better hold on, hold on for delight. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Getting back to the music now. Here's the Jackson 5. Classic for you. Blame it on the boogie. Jackson 5, blame it on the boogie. I'm already feeling like I'm going to be great friends with our next guest. It's Simon Nader, actor, writer, director. He has a fantastic physical two-hander, dark comedy, buddy movie type show on the stage. It's coming to Anthon Art Centre in March. We're going to meet him next. 11 to 1 show. It's described as a slick physical two-hander, a darkly comic buddy movie on the stage. How to bond with your dad when he's bad. Promises to be an unforgettable night at the theatre. It's written and starring my next guest, acclaimed British actor, writer and director Simon Nader, who has lit up the screen in everything from Silent Witness on the BBC to NBC's Dracula. And now this show is coming to Anthon Arts Centre on the 1st of March. And I'm delighted he's in studio with me now. You're very welcome. How are you getting on? Thanks a lot. Great. Nice cup of tea outside as well. So thank you very oh. much for making me feel welcome. Breege is the tea maker right there. She's <laughs> phenomenal. She, she nailed a, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She absolutely nailed it. Yeah. And now we were talking there about yourself being in Ireland. Uh, talk to me about wh- how, how you arrived on our fair Irish shores. <laughs> um, yeah, I we, we were having a laugh off stage, uh, off stage, off off mic. I was yes. going to say off camera as well. They're so used to it. Um, where my wife's from from Ireland and she proudly said as most Irish women know Irish women don't move no um, they just steal British people to come and live here and I'm very happy that that happened and you're here and you're living in Dublin and <laughs> yeah. working away here probably between Ireland though and the UK as well Simon yeah. yes still so I'm very lucky in that um, I actually cheekily walked into the Gaty School of Acting before I'd moved trying to line up some work um, and to their detriment they've uh, they offered me a job and kept me on so I I teach for the Gaty School of Acting, um, three different classes. Um, really love doing that. That keeps me here, of course, um, as my banker job, but then I'm always doing stuff back in the UK as well. So it's it's a short hop, nice and easy. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're a man of many talents, which we're going to come into in, in, in this interview. But I'm a huge, huge fan of the buddy movie. And when I see, you know, a dark comedy version, but on the stage, I'm hooked into this, Simon, <laughs> straight away. So was it this idea of the mismatched characters from, I suppose, buddy movies? Or where did the inspiration for this show come from? No, it's funny that um, Buddy Movie was kind of the way that I ended up describing it as on stage because it actually started where um, I used to work for the Young Actors Company in Cambridge. And as part of that, me and my friend Sam Plum used to work with some of our younger actors and we did like improv, um, improv nights. And one of the students there, for some reason, decided to play this character that was just sitting there in a 
therapy session completely mm. silently and then the therapist is just is just trying to use all his technical knowledge to draw out something and then the the, the kid Joseph decided to stand up and pretend to have a knife and kidnap the therapist <laughs> and I was like this is genius this is brilliant so um that then kick-started my idea about well wouldn't that make for a great concept as an opening of the show it's probably all I can say about the show without ruining anything yes you don't want to ruin too much for this yeah, yeah but as it as it developed it became quite clearly it was a buddy movie but as i say on stage um soon it will be a buddy movie as a movie because we're going to make a film version as well music to my ears i love this (laughs) which will be pretty cool um so if you can't make it down to uh to on 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 the first of march or Corecast theater on the fourth and fifth that was smooth uh then you can (laughs) maybe see it coming to a really bargain basement film festival near you in a couple I of years. love that idea. And I love the idea that you have a father-daughter dynamic because, you know, I think the parent-child dynamic is, is, is perfect, but this father-daughter dynamic is even better again because I even know from my own life, like, do you know, I mean, I my relationship with my dad consists of me ringing him up when I have problems with my car. Do you know what I mean? So I can totally see this sort of... Does he fix them though? Oh, 100%. He, listen, he loves fixing things. Do you know what I mean? Now, he will complain and he will get on to me about the fact that I've left these things build up, you know, but he loves it. He loves it, Simon, you know. Uh, So I can see this interesting (laughs) dynamic between father and daughter. Why father and daughter or where did that kind of come from? Well, it's funny. It's actually dynamic between school therapist and the, the dad that's mentioned you don't see. Oh. Because the story is that Samara, who is played by Alva Casey, um she kidnaps the school therapist at knife point to try and forge a quick crash course in therapy because she says her dad is about to be released from prison that day and she's got no idea how to communicate so that's the concept but absent or not you're right the dynamic is all about generational differences and the understandings and how you of course, are always seen as the child, even when you're kind of growing up. Oh, yeah. But then as we grow up, we start to see them as the infants. So I can't really say too much more because there are a couple of little surprises. But that's the that's the premise. That's the hook. So talk to me about uh, Alva, because Alva plays Samara. So she's playing the 17 year old that's clearly going through a bit of a moment and a t- <laughs> turmoil in her life. Uh, so talk to me about working with her, because people will know her as Jenny from Primeval. Yeah. 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 So very lucky. We're really good friends. And we met when I was directing a ridiculously stupid whodunit movie for the gaiety. Um, uh, I think, if I remember, the murder weapon was a banana. And Alva had just come back from Canada and then we just got on immediately because she bought me a croissant, which was really nice. Um, Listen, food is the way to every man's heart, is what I'm going to say. Always. All right, as in a coffee. And she also sort of ribbed me on the way. I said croissant. Um, But that was fine. (laughs) So we got on really well and then um, we were talking about her experiences in Canada and obviously we were talking about shows and she is more known for musical theatre and as you say primeval um, but she really really wanted to do what is termed straight acting I don't really like that term Mm. but for musical theatre people there's a bit of a stigma people think well they can only do that which is the stupidest thing ever of course because you still utilise a lot of the the same skill sets Um, and then I'd actually develop this piece never to be in it because I think you 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 really 
you can't do that very effectively. If you write for yourself, it's kind of all about you. So yeah. it was actually written for a friend of mine in the UK who he just didn't really fancy the challenge to be very honest uh which is fine uh he's still still a friend of mine um <laughs> and then i'd written it the role of samara for an ex-student of mine in the uk as well um and then something else came up and she had to withdraw at short notice so i'm like great well what the hell do i do and of course me and alva had really bonded by this point so i was like alva it's got to be alva um so i asked her and knowing the conversation we'd had and she jumped at the chance and then I quickly rewrote it all so that it was actually based in Dublin rather than in the UK and it completely flew from there and things happened for a reason I couldn't be happier yeah because she I cannot see anyone else playing that role as well it's funny how th- things like that happens with the, with the casting absolutely yeah. and I mean I know you're, you're saying okay it, it's a straight role but there's a lot of physical going on in this there's a lot of phys- physical movement that kind of thing was that something that attracted her as well and I know this is something that you, uh, you that runs through a lot of your work this yeah, physical element very yeah. much so um, so we, we spoke very um <sighs> very frequently really about how to how to stage it and then I brought in my friend Robert Crichton who's uh, the director and a frequent collaborator of mine and although it was written with a very specific way everything is like bare structure so the Mm. idea is that we create our own structure but we also sometimes smash that structure to pieces so the set is created just by palettes and therefore it was always going to be very physical and her being an amazing dancer and a choreographer means that she was able to actually help me remember stuff because I'm horrific at remembering choreography so she was brilliant at getting us to do a lot of the transitions more effectively and then remembering said transitions again a problem of mine Um, and Really, I couldn't have asked for a better partner for that because she, of course, is used to drilling things really, yeah. really effectively. Um, so our transitions and our physicalization, uh, and of course, even though it's set in a car, it's a car made of pallets um, and a bin and a broom and various <laughs> other things that we keep throwing on thinking, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so, yeah, it comes together to, to make this piece of what you would call physical theatre, but there's a, there's a lot more to it than that. But it's a big part of my kind of training and a bit, big part of the way that I create theatre. I like stripped down stuff that's mm-hmm. easy for anyone to stage that doesn't necessarily m- need a lot of money thrown at it um, and doesn't paper over the cracks of maybe the plot. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes things like that can be a, a distraction. So I love that it's a mis- mishmash of, of things on stage to, to make. It's bringing, it's, it's allowing the audience then to kind of, you know, imagine and, and let us do a little bit of work from our seats, I think, as well. Absolutely. And um, so you had your very first taste of acting, though, at the age of 10. Isn't that right in school? Man, you really did do your research. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's really scary. OK, restraining order pending. Um, <laughs> yeah. Talker alert. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, yeah, it was. It's so funny. I'm reading Patrick Stewart's um, autobiography in a moment. And it's so funny. Everyone's got the same sort of trigger thing where you're like, hello, attention. That feels nice. Um, and if anyone says anything otherwise, then they're a liar. But I played the king in Rumpelstiltskin. And I remember. Brilliant. I think I said something wrong and it got a laugh. And I was like, oh, hang on. That's kind of fun. So that was the bug. Okay, so was it from then that you just decided, right, that's it, I need to be on stage? You know, it was when I wanted to do it, but I never thought I could. Really, really didn't. So I actually, I knew in the back of my mind it was always what I wanted to do. But I thought, no chance, this is not going to happen. Never because it's expensive, especially growing up in London. Um, So I actually pursued journalism. But my caveat was that I, I did a degree before I did drama school. So I did English and drama. And I was like, well, I'll do the drama thing because that'll be fun. But yeah. I know that I'm going to be 
a journalist and I started working for Metro, um, the, the, the newspaper, yeah. but, and I also was put off by some of the egos in the, in the drama, uh, yeah. so I, which is unfortunately a problem you've probably met many. Oh, um, listen, I never tell, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what happens in this studio stays in this studio. I'll be asking you a fair, that's cool. Um, <laughs> but, but you know, it's, it's, it's in every industry, but of course particularly in the acting industry. Yeah. So I then segued and one of my best friends, Will, we did all the tech, but I always had an eye on, I'd still like to have a go if I can get confidence. So then I ended up working with a company called Lost Theatre Company or Lost Youth Theatre Company, who were very well known in London for giving people an opportunity that maybe think thought they couldn't have mm. an opportunity. So you did pay, you paid 30 quid to be in a play. I mean... That gives you a first experience. Yeah. Was lucky to work with um, the ex, one of the ex directors of BBC Drama, which is Adrian Brown. Cecil Hayter was the director of Romeo and Juliet that I did, and um, he offered me Romeo. And also tell you everything. I had I was zero confidence. Like, no way can I pull that off. Yeah. So I was like, Can I play Mercutio? Because yeah. I get a laugh. And he was like, Okay. So that's really what did it. And then I thought, No, I've got to actually focus now. And then start auditioning for drama school, and of course got rejected everywhere. And then in, um, was it 2003, I was like, right, this is my last last go. And I got three offers. And one of them um, was with the chance of a scholarship at the Academy Drama School where I went, paid for it by the stage newspaper. Amazing. Hey, no brainer. So yeah. that's how it happened. That's how it all happened. And I love that you kind of, because, you know, definitely parents in Ireland would be like, acting, you're going to pursue acting. Mm-hmm. God, you better have some sort of backup plan. So I love that you had that. <laughs> journalism backup plan was that something though that parents were kind of like oh god you're going to pursue acting or what happened there yeah I mean my my dad's from the Middle East originally and very traditionally of course um, then it's be a doctor be a dentist yeah, of course. Uh, or be an engineer <laughs> that wasn't going to happen at all because I can barely add up so um, <laughs> so I knew it was going to be something creative because it's either in you or not but um, my mum was cautiously supportive as well and always very supportive when I was doing theatre and um, will tell you famously that she couldn't watch when I when I spo- spoiler alert but if you don't know this plot then um, where have you been but yes, Romeo and Juliet Mercutio dies uh, <laughs> oh no uh, so she came to see it quite a few times when it was on in the tour and then um, and then cried so she, so she was like okay now you can do this yeah enjoy yeah. it Oh, fantastic. And then, I mean, I'd say they were no doubt so, so proud to see you popping up in a just a, a small series, you know what I mean, on BBC called Silent Witness. <laughs> yeah, that was, I guess, I don't know, was that about eight years ago now? So I'd been doing a lot of American telly, um, but in Europe before that. But um, it's so funny, Silent Witness, it was it was quite a silent part. It was quite a taciturn um drug trafficker called Mark Wilson it's very strange because that's my um, my my Scottish family surname as well Wilson which is really weird um, none of them are in drugs just saying uh, but yeah um, what was the one that they usually I'm trying to think what was they don't they don't usually talk about it most people talk about The Last Kingdom oddly enough which I'm just a tiny teeny tiny mm. role but I think that piece really got such a big following that's yeah. the thing that people come up and say oh yeah 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 Last Kingdom yeah. and it's literally I literally play young priest so <laughs> you know what I mean it's really strange but no they um, they, they're very supportive they'll come and see stuff um, 
and encourage me, which yeah. is really nice. Well, that's what that's what it's all about. It's so rare. then, when, <laughs> do, is it something then in terms of the writing and directing side? Was that something that was always going to weave its way in eventually as well? It wasn't initially, but I tell you, you should really listen to outside advice because I had a really we had an amazing team of tutors at the academy. But one of them was called Vaz Anderson, who's from Ireland, and most people would know him. Um, he did stuff in Father Ted, Time Trumpet, all sorts. So Vaz took me aside um, one day. I was like, um, write your own stuff and do those little characters. You do really well. That's what you should do. And I, I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of work for us. You know, I'd rather just get cast, which is really lazy. And then, of course, he was right. Um, that's the thing that I enjoy the most is writing and then not necessarily performing my my writing, mm. but um, I love doing that so much and collaborating with, as I say, my our director, Robert. We've collaborated so much. He writes and performs his own stuff, but he calls himself a storyteller. And I think... It is a great way to keep yourself honest as well because you're always honing your craft. You always then are forced to think about the story and what you want to say. And I think that's very important, particularly with, and I know you're a big fan of the arts because you were saying, um, what keeps people going. It's not somebody doing an amazing performance, which may or may not come from ego or may come because of their craft, but it's usually the stories that create that empathy and particularly the relationships. That's what really interests me. And I love seeing that as a director and I love, playing that as an actor and I love crafting that as a writer. And that's what people are going to expect then on the 1st of March. So what do you hope that audiences take away from this show? I mean, because first of all, what a title. How to bond <laughs> with your dad when he's bad. What do you hope people take away from it? Um, talk more. So okay. yeah, one of the one of the tags that we've been using on socials for the last year is um, theatre with a heart and then mental health. Um, it really is about the fact that people deny their own self a lot of the mm. time so it's knowing yourself there's a, a again without spelling anything out there's a complete reversal in the fortunes of the characters as it continues and by the end um, most people in theatre will tell you about status is a big thing and it wasn't written with that in mind it just happens um, but the fact that these two people who are a completely different generation are both exactly the same they know so little of themselves because they've never had a support structure. Yeah. So I hope that that's what people take away. But with all of my stuff, whether it's kind of um, books or any other um, things that I write, I love it when I I call it massaging a message in. I don't like to sledgehammer because yeah. I think then you you kill it. It's nice people. and subtle. Yeah. yeah. So people can take what they what they will, but it is about disconnection and then finding that connection and the importance of allowing other people to help you with that and for you to do the same. Fantastic. And no better way to do it than through the medium of the arts. Simon, it's been just a real pleasure chatting to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in to studio as well to have this chat and the best of luck on the 1st of March. Thanks so much. That was absolutely awesome. Thanks a million. Simon Nader there. The show, it is coming to Anton Arts Centre March the 1st on Anton.ie for all the details. The 11 to 1 show. Have to give a shout out to the fantastic Lainey Kay. People will maybe recall we spoke to uh, Lainey on the show. Oh, she's a um, fantastic designer. She makes greeting cards and art prints. But the reason I'm giving her a shout out is Simon just said towards the end there that she provided him with all of the images that is used as part of the therapist's office on stage. So delighted to see that she is branching out into other areas as well. So fantastic uh, work by her that can be seen in that show. Now I have music from Noah Khan on the way but first it's time for this 
LMFM Job Search with thanks to LMFM Online. Check out the latest Northeast news, sport, and entertainment on LMFM.ie. Loud Me, the Education Training Board invites applications from suitably qualified persons for the following position. It's an apprenticeship instructor in metal fabrication and it's in Regional Skills and Training Centre in Dundalk, County Loud. For more details and applications, check out careers.lmetb.ie. Closing date is the 27th of February. Meath County Council require retained firefighters for Ashburn, Dunshockland, Kells, Navin, Knobber, Old Castle and Trim fire stations. For details on that, you can check meath.ie forward slash jobs. Don't forget all the details of our jobs can be found at our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search. Noah Khan, stick season on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, our next guests have been singing together since they were at secondary school and now they have entered the Ivory Sessions. It's a talent competition, but they need our help to get to the final. We're going to meet Aoife, or sorry, Amy O'Regan and Eve uh, Fitzsimons. Eve Simons, they're going to join us next. The 11 to 1 show. My next guests have been singing together since they were at secondary school and both of them are now pursuing studies in music and also music performance with the intent of making a career from their passion. They've entered a talent competition, the Ivory Sessions, in the hopes of making it to the final, but they need our help. I'm delighted to have Amy O'Regan. She's from Dunshockland and Eve Fitzsimons from Navin. They're both on the line with me now. Good afternoon, ladies. Hello. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for, for joining me. I know you're very busy with studies, so thanks for taking the time out. Uh, we Just to start off, maybe with yourself, Amy, tell us, how did you guys meet and when did you start singing and performing together? Of course, yeah. So as you're saying, Mini, we met in secondary school. We both went to the Mercy in Navin together. And it was kind of from, we both did transition year and we did our TY musical together. And we actually were like casted as two friends. And oh. it was kind of from there, we just, you know, it just kind of worked really perfectly. We sung together then from there, kind of figured we had so much in common. And then we also joined the choir together. And then from there, we kind of started meeting outside of school, working on things um, together and stuck ever since. Very good. So Eve, it was kind of, you were you were sort of destined, you were sort of thrust together on the stage as friends. And then that kind of bled over into real life. Yeah, no, it was it was kind of funny because we did a Mamma Mia and two friends in the in the play. We kind of were best friends in the show, and then kind of outside of school, we started singing together and just kind of recording covers for our Instagram pages and stuff. And yeah, from then on, we were just really close, and we're still really close. And we meet up whenever we can um, uh, after college and stuff. Uh, when we get to see each other back at home. Yeah, because it's difficult because you're in Cork, isn't that right? Tell us about what you're studying there. Yeah, so I'm studying a BA Musical Theatre in Cork School of Music at the moment. Um, so uh, I get to go home kind of on the holidays and stuff. So um, we'd see each other then. But um, yeah, I'm absolutely loving it. It's um, it's the only level eight uh, musical theatre degree in Ireland. And wow. um, musical theatre is kind of a evolving degree in Ireland at the minute um, which is great because we didn't a few years ago um, have this course um, so I'm just so happy to be able to study it and get the opportunity to. 
Fantastic. So something like this, so performance, this is kind of where you're heading after college. This is what you're what you're hoping to make a career out of. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'd love to perform and uh, be in shows, um, hopefully maybe in London and the West End or just any kind of um, other kind of career, like maybe cruise ships or anything got to do with performance is uh, what I'd absolutely love to do. And anything really got to do with music as well, I'd absolutely love. Fantastic. And and Amy, are you, are you the same? Is that you're in, in Dublin, in the in the BIM uh, Institute in Dublin? Is that something that you're thinking or you're more sort of the gig inside of things, are you? Yeah, I love my gigs. So I actually have a band called Solstice and I do um, individual gigs and then I also do gigs with the band. So at the moment we're gigging around Dublin and I write my own like original stuff. We'll bring it to the band, we'll jam it. And then we just get out there and we gig. And we're kind of like an Irish rock band. Oh, um, I love it so much. That would be definitely an element that I just would love to bring forward in my career. Fantastic. So you guys got together for this competition. Tell us more about the Ivory Sessions. Yes. Yeah, so the Ivory Sessions, basically, um, I got in contact with Eve and just asked her, would she be interested in given it a go since we've been singing for a long time and with the ivory sessions then we both did them individually but this we just decided to go for it together and it's basically a competition where 50 videos were posted okay and we were one of the 50 loads of talent among the videos and it's all done on views so the basically there's 50 contestants there's a final the top 10 videos with the highest views will go towards this final then. Okay, so this is where we come in, which I'll circle back to in a second. But uh, Eve, something tells me it might have been your influence on the song because you chose something from Wicked. Yeah, actually, it kind of suited really well because um, the day we recorded this cover was the day the Wicked movie trailer came out. Oh, brilliant. So kind of uh, a strange coincidence, but also... Um, this song, it was like kind of our favourite song to sing in secondary school, um, just because it's a really nice duet to do. And as well, um, like the song is about friendship, which was just like, it's very fitting to kind of the two of us together. So it was a good song choice. Um, and we both love musical theatre as well. Like I think with me and Amy, we both have kind of different avenues to music, but we can really appreciate each other's kind of genre in, in a way. So um, it was nice to do a musical theatre one, so hopefully if we get to the final, we could um, do a pop song maybe, because um, we're in the final, um, there's two songs we'll be mm-hmm. performing, so we could maybe do another kind of um, pop song, and then with the mix of the musical theatre, it could be nice as well. So Fantastic. Yeah. So, so Amy, in terms of the you know competition itself, is it, it is a good exposure, or is it just something to to kind of you know stretch your chops? I suppose in terms of the music, or or what was the motivation to enter? It's great exposure for uh, some starters. Like it's fantastic. Um, we're getting the views. We really appreciate all the support that we've got so far. It's been really amazing the feedback we've gotten. But as well as that, there's a prize for Spotify singles. Um, oh, okay. Go forward with, you know, getting into recording and that's a whole another element of the music industry. It should be a fantastic experience. There's also a digital piano in there. It should be very handy for Eve. <laughs> <He's great. laughs> oh, okay. So the, the prizes are enticing. So Eve, tell us, how can we help? Because as Amy outlined, it is all based around views. So how can we help and support you? Yeah, so basically um, the videos are both posted on both Facebook and Instagram. Um, so if you look up the Ivory Sessions online, um, you'll have access to them videos. And 
each view is uh, basically a vote. So um, the top 10 con- contestants with the most views will get into the final. So um, I guess sharing and just viewing really will kind of help that kind of get along. And um, yeah. Fantastic. And and in terms of, because you guys are, are you both in sort of the, the early stages of college or, or how far along are you in the, the college career so far, Eve? Uh, yes, yeah, so we're both in second year um, and I think both of our courses are four years. Um, so uh, two years left basically until we graduate. Okay, so you did mention the West End. Is that the kind of the ultimate goal for you kind of when you finish? Yeah, for me personally, it would definitely be um, my ultimate goal anyways. And just to perform um, musical theatre is, is like a perfect combination of singing, dancing and acting. So um, anything in that kind of area would just be definitely um, my ultimate kind of goal. Fantastic. And what, what about yourself, Amy? Is it kind of hopefully solstice reaching new heights in the charts or, or would you think you'll branch out yourself as a singer songwriter or what's the ultimate goal when you graduate? I also love vocal coaching. So I'm oh, amazing. part time here in Dunchoclin and I absolutely love it. So I want the element of vocal coaching always there, maybe moving to musical therapy as well. And then I'd love to have the band always. I'm always writing, I'm always performing. I never want performance to leave my life. So yes, that's, that's it really. Just performing and the vocal coaching would be my goal. Fantastic. So you guys have it all figured out, which is which is brilliant because it's always that little bit more kind of, I think you have to hustle a bit more, don't you, when you go into the kind of arts career sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Fantastic. Well, listen, I'm wishing you both the best of luck with all of this. Uh, we'll absolutely get on and view as much times as, as, as we can. When's the closing date or when is it all finished? So next to so the final is the 7th of April. Okay. Okay, so we need to get the votes in. ASAP, absolutely. Well, listen, wishing you best of luck and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Thanks a million. Amy O'Regan there, Eve Fitzsimons and they are online. So if you go onto Facebook and Instagram at the Ivory Sessions, you're going to find all the details there. That is my lot on the show for today. Tomorrow, all the usual Friday shenanigans with Niall O'Brien. And of course, Brian will be back with his big bangers on the show as well. But that's my lot for today. Thank you so much for your company. Enjoy the rest of your day and I'll chat to you tomorrow. Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.